Greetings, crew members. We're back with another episode of Stargating. I'm Chris. And I'm Tamara. And we're so happy to be joining you again here to discuss episode 104, Emancipation. Uh, yeah, this... Maybe we shouldn't have come back, Tamara. Maybe, like, you know, there was no. just... Like, this wasn't, like, you know... No, Chris, because you see, at first... I was upset that this was the episode we were coming back on, mm -hmm. but I've come around to it <clears throat> because now we get to be angry on the internet. That does drive engagement. <laughs> and we will be angry about this episode. Believe me, it's not good. Mm -hmm. We separated it into two different types of notes. Chris took mostly the notes about racism. I took mostly the notes about sexism. That is basically, yeah, that's that's kind of the dividing line of how we're going to be handling this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's good to be back. We did take a bit of a hiatus, but uh, the a world bit. but the world went crazy, so sue yes. us. But we're here to discuss one of our favorite shows of all time, Stargate SG-1. This episode is not a good example of why. No. Uh, no. It's real rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So should we just dive into it, Tamara? Because this is, uh, I guess, this is the first sort of off-world episode. Yeah, plan yeah. of the week. You know, this is kind of the first episode where we're going to be establishing the formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wasn't the way to Vancouver do it. Vancouver forest. Mm-hmm. This wasn't the way to do it, guys. <laughs> no. Nope. 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 It's bad. Yeah. It's real bad. Uh, emancipation, of course, meaning uh, the the emancipation of women in this episode from, I guess, not being as oppressed as they were. Still pretty Still much oppressed. Oppre and, you know, acting as chattel. But you saw one woman beat up a man. So we did a feminism. Feminism we is did it. it's solved. But before we get ahead of ourselves here, we open with... Uh, our our SG one team again first time seeing our SG one team just coming out of a Stargate at the start of an episode, great. ready to go to a planet. They are chatting about like how they were on other worlds, so they are hinting that like oh they've already been We've on already some been missions doing some missions. I think that's kind of a smart one. idea because yes. it lets you kind of jump into them being more of a cohesive unit. They've probably got the the irons out, you know, they had to iron out a little bit of the wrinkles together. It's also really good when you are a show that's definitely going to rely on syndication a whole bunch. Yes. So you can yeah. just slot that episode in wherever. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, quickly, too. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine why, but most reruns, actually, they skip over this episode. Oh, I they wonder do. why. Yeah, they go directly from Enemy Within to the Caveman uh, episode after oh, this. Oh, so surprising. Yeah, yeah. So it's again, a shock. this was like, I guess, viewer's first introduction, but if you've like rewatched the series in syndication, you probably actually missed this episode or like at least seen it skipped over or just been like, oof. It's a bad episode. Yeah. I, it's good. It good. Skip this one. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. You don't need to watch this episode. No, you don't How need to watch that? it. Yeah, actually, that's we should give our recommendation We're right up front. We're going to give it right up front. You don't need yeah. to watch this episode. If yeah, you haven't so... seen it and you want to listen to the episode, the podcast episode, just listen yeah. to this. Don't watch the episode. It's 45 minutes of your life. You won't get back. You'll feel worse off for having watched it. I do. Absolutely. <laughs> like. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into why it's bad. Though. Oh, let's go through. There's a lot. Our episode recap. 
There Let's is a lot. It. There's a lot that is very bad about this episode. Let's rip this, yeah. this so, episode so apart first thing, in itty bitty pieces. The first thing we see, or I guess our team sees, is a young Asian boy. Well, what is supposed to be passing for a young Asian boy in this episode? Um, well, he's a teenager. Well, he is Asian. I do want to be very clear. They did cast like actual Asian actors for the most part for this episode. There's problems with that casting we'll get into. Mm. But uh, yeah, you see this teenager being chased by a pack of wild dogs, quote unquote wild dogs. They're definitely. just German Shepherds. Yeah. They look exactly and bark exactly like German Shepherds. If it walks like a German Shepherd and yeah. it barks like a German Shepherd. Which like... They've been living on this planet for uh, hundreds of years. Wild dogs are still an apex predator to them. So that's yeah. unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then <laughs> so the SG-1 team uh, s- <coughs> shoots a couple of guns in the air and scares off the dogs. And the guy's yep. like, oh, you've saved me. And Samantha's like, uh, oh, yeah, no, no probs. And he's like, oh. A woman, or a, uh, if it was made today, he'd be like a whammon. She oh, speaks. God. Don't say that. <laughs> I don't like hearing that word yeah, come out of your speaks. mouth. And then, like, the, and Samantha, who has apparently never encountered institutionalized sexism, mm, even though she's a high-ranking military right. officer, and she literally in encountered mid-90s. it in the very first time we met her when Jack was grilling her to see if she was good enough. Yeah. But she doesn't understand what race, what sexism is. She's like, well, I don't get why, it. Why would this this clearly native, isolated tribesman? Why would he have any sort of problem with me, a woman in a position of authority? Mm, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. It's so no. weird. Yeah. Ugh. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, Asian. Yeah. Asian characters in this episode will. I'm going to warn you guys up front, play directly into that very ingrained stereotype of the the white woman or the woman enslaving foreigner. The kind of stuff you'd see in like old uh, racist paintings about Persian slave markets and things like that. And if you for further viewing again, uh, not to keep pumping Lindsay Ellis on this channel, but check out her episode on the. Uh, fa- one of her many episodes on the Phantom of the Opera about, about the, the Persian wa- about the whitewashing of the Persian yes. character and about his, his... I think it's the most whitewashed literary yeah. character but I was reminded of that a lot the, that kind of idea that sort of turn of the century British colonialist idea of the the woman enslaving foreigner and his his harems and his hordes can I also point out that the very first thing Sam says when this kid is like refusing to look at her and like a woman the very first thing she says is, what, do I have something growing out of my nose? Yeah. Her looks. That's the very first, her very first thing is there's something wrong with my appearance. What? No. You're wearing that goofy ass army helmet and you're worrying about your appearance, Sam? Yeah. Really? Because that helmet is goofy on her. It looks bad on on everyone who has to wear it. Yeah. They they basically only put Teal'c in it, I think, for the first couple episodes, and then after he's that, he's not like, wearing it. He's not there in this episode. Yeah, um, not that he's doing much of this episode. We do we do have... also get uh, the introduction of another major character in the series that is going to be very important and get a lot of play, and that is the back forests of Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver forests! You will be every alien planet we have to go to. Yes, yes. Except the, for the ones that we make the, actual sets for later when we have a budget. Yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna get to intimately know the the woods and forest areas uh, surrounding British Columbia's Vancouver. Do you want to know something really funny? 
I've watched this show since like elementary school, right? We talked about it in the first yeah. episode. And the first time I saw a supernatural episode where they went to the woods, I went, oh, I think they shoot in Vancouver. <laughs> How could you not? Like, it's it was a stand in for like X-Files. Anytime they had like a kind of a woods monster in X-Files, you better believe they're out in the Vancouver woods. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime they're on a, a vaguely woodsy planet in Stargate, they're going to be out There's in the Vancouver woods. not a lot of woods, woods in Southern California. It gets, it gets as much play as Vasquez Rocks, which is just outside yes. of L.A in the desert uh these are convenient locations that the production crew can drive to yes so yeah you're gonna get intimately aware of the vancouver forest and not the first time we've seen it because it was kind of in the pilot yes when they went to the gould those trees uh, world. a lot of those trees yeah but this is definitely one of its most prominent because it's shot almost entirely in this in this first episode two that takes place entirely off earth you don't mm-hmm. see you don't see Stargate Command at all in this episode, which, nope. which would is, have helped. Yes. At least please, we would have got some scenes with Stargate Don Command. Please, Davies. Yeah. <laughs> Save this episode, mm-hmm. please. A lot of Mongolian stock costuming. Basically, everything oh, about bad. these guys is coded. Not even just coded Mongolian. Uh, ja- or, um, Daniel comes out and just like calls them straight up Mongols. Yes, and Mongolians. he says they're Mongolians. He's like, these are Mongols. They're Mongolian. And it's like, okay. And I like, I get it. We're taking them from Earth. But like, no, they're not. Like, maybe that's where they started. But they've been here for hundreds and hundreds of years, bro. These are not the same people. Except they are. That's the bizarre thing. Because the writer wanted it to be the Mongols. But like, it is very bizarre to me, writer of this episode, that you were like, yes, these are the Mongols. And they're exactly like the Mongols were a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, five hundred years Egypt, ago. So it's gotta be it's BC basically at this point. So it's almost two thousand years ago. They've done no advancement. They they're still using bows and arrows. They're the exact same, even though like they're not even in the same environment. They're in the forest of Vancouver. They're not in like the upper slopes of Mongolia. And Mongolia. Yeah. So like they would have a totally different culture. And like you're like, nope, they just stood still the entire time. Didn't mm. get any better. Yeah, and for a for a society that treats women as chattel, they don't seem to be breeding much because there's not a lot of them around. But that's more of the extra casting, yeah. which got me into uh, thinking a lot about the various casting calls that were going up around Vancouver around mm. this time for Asian actors. Because first, the first kind of major actor player we're introduced to is uh you'll excuse me for butchering his name but it's uh moogle uh he's the leader of the tribe and the dad of the kid that they saved yes uh he's played by actor soon teko who is like a he's had a big career like not really a major career in terms of like a lot of recognition here in the west but a major career in asian cinemas uh everybody would probably know him most as mulan's dad Dad. Yeah, where he he plays Mulan's dad, but he's you know he's been in other things, Kid of King of the Hill, a lot of uh, voice work. Yeah, so you've got that actor, and then later on you've got Carrie Tagawa. Uh, to Carrie 
of course, we all know is Shang Tsung from Everybody Mortal Kombat. Yeah, from Mortal Kombat. Not even just from that movie, because now he's also playing him in the latest video games. Oh, really? Yeah, they've just like mocapped his performance because I guess it's it's nice for him to have the abs he had in this episode again. Because now he's like yeah. an older, storied actor. He's on uh, Man in the High Castle. That guy is an amazing actor, and I just picture both of these really storied Asian actors getting the cast looking call. Asian actors wanted Mongol horde leader type episode about female enslavement. (laughs) And then you, and then like you extend that further down with like the various shots of the extras and stuff and just going around like Asian casting uh, call needed uh, Mongol savage types. (laughs) And not the least of which the, the two guys like, you know, one is a Korean actor, one is a Japanese actor, but again, yep. we're just playing to- generic totally, Asian Mongols. Yep, totally different countries. Yeah. So I would not, at the end of the day, like to have been in charge of trying to write those casting calls. No, I don't think it would have been good or fun. And honestly, just a little upset hearing those examples. Yeah. That's exactly, you know exactly what they would have been like. Because yep. it was 1997. Open casting call, non-union. And I just, it's, it's rough. It's not good. Yep. It's bad. But like, but like, God bless him for taking it because one, Kerry Tagawa does an amazing job in this role. Like he's definitely just playing Shang Tsung, yeah. but he's so good at playing that role and he's so charismatic <laughs> and the way he like can like speak through his gritted teeth yeah. is really like it's it's top tier and that we man really is a hated legend him. yeah that man is a legend uh, of as an actor who has not really got his due i mean man in the high castle kind of got him some acclaim recently and also but... they're acting yeah like, no they, yeah they, they're full they bore acting act. both of them yeah yeah they're not just sitting around they're professionals like, this is below me they're like which it is it is <laughs> below very you. below I'm both those you actors right now, <laughs> yeah. this this is below you and you deserved way better than this and i mm. am sorry because it made me uncomfortable yeah. and i didn't have to act it mm-hmm. like can you imagine having to act that do you can you imagine being like yes I am the good guy in this situation because I'm the guy who's only married to one wife because I love her. I would like to point out two things. <laughs> a little bit later, um, when they're finally talking to Mogul, uh, the father of the kid they rescued, who was also a tribal leader of... Uh, what was the name they had for it? Some I don't remember. Yeah. It was some dumb name. Yeah. I'm going to try and remember names. as little about this episode yeah. after we're finished with but this. But do you know why he's so. a good... Do you know why he's a good leader, quote-unquote? Uh, well, he specifically says that he believes that like women should do more because they can help with trade and that trade will specifically replace war. So this guy is like a free market capitalist libertarian. Oh my God. And that's why he's like considered good progressive in his society. That's how they frame him. I swear to God. He's like, you first meet him and he's like, yeah, trade. We will, we will soon just trade, not war and the economy and and free markets. And you're like, Oh man. I I pull back a little on that. Okay. Because they're still trading mostly things for other things or things for like literal gold. Yeah. Right. It's not, We've made up a currency and it it costs yeah. what we say it costs. Right? No, I know, like but he's not going full bore. But I'm just saying he's on the road to globalism. So it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, oh man, this this is rough. Like, 
He's literally mm. he literally does the bare minimum at the end. He lets them take off their face masks. Oh, that glorious panning shot of all of the female Asian uh, Extras. actress who are just because like, there's only one that gets and lines and they're not smiling. Like they're waving and they're supposed to be happy, but I think there's like a half smile cringily on one person's face. Yes, and it's it's amazing because um, they're not trying. But before we get ahead of ourselves <laughs> to the end, you. The next well, thing that happens this is, is when you, you meet the, yeah, the, the guy dad. who who saved and and whatever. This is the the, dad, the establishment that they're a sexist the society, right? Yeah. And so you saved the chieftain's son. Wow, it's real lucky for you, Sam, that you saved the chieftain's son, so he could be like, you can't kill her. And when he says the rule, he goes, he goes, oh, gee, she saved the life of another. You cannot kill her. He sounds like he's making it up. And then you get into the tent and it's literally because he was making it up. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, <laughs> Sansa telling Joffrey that it's bad luck to kill someone on your name day. And then the hound just being like, yeah, it's true, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like they're both just bullshitting it. But... Just backing it up. It's, it's <laughs> fine. Don't worry about it. And um. <laughs> Daniel's so bad at being an ally. Holy shit, Daniel. I kind of hated you in this episode because so first she's like, she's like, okay, well, I think we should count our blessings and take off. And he's like, well, this is, this would be an amazing opportunity to study ancient cultures, Samantha. Which it's not. No, it's not. because They're not an ancient culture. They're still here, Daniel. They're not an ancient culture. They're right here. And also, they're aliens now. Like, I get that they originally came from Earth, but, like, they are not Mongols, Daniel. I know that the episode says later that they just are Mongols, but they're not. They are a different people now. They've lived on this planet for over 2,000 years. You need to shut up. Because, like, at best, they're a parallel culture, <coughs> right? Yeah. At best. Yeah. They're a parallel culture, but like, no, they're not. They're aliens now. Yeah, no. I mean, their biology would be changed after two thousand years How of eating alien speak fruit. Speak English. <clears throat> How do they even speak English? Chris? That's that's yeah. That's a failing uh, of the show. Because... You need a universal translator, Stargate, because it makes no mm. sense that all or of like these open up Daniel English. Jackson's role as the as the translator, which is like what he was in the freaking movie and yeah. the first couple well, episodes. It takes, we have forty five minutes, so and we got to get to a clumsy sci fi allegory. Spend half of it. Yeah doing translation this yeah this episode feels like it was like they're like we need okay we're starting this sci-fi show uh we need now we've done like some universe setup we need an episode that's like your typical sci-fi allegory let's take an issue and move it just to the left kind of thing and explore it it. (laughs) but like yeah it doesn't work in that sense because like this It's so full of racism and sexism. That's why we had to keep traps separately. He's just, he's so fine with Sam being abused and endangered just so he can have a chance to sit around and talk to these people, right? Like he, at this point, they haven't even mentioned the idea of being able to find medicine here. He just wants to sit and hang out with them, which I get it. That's Daniel's whole thing. But like, if you're female companion your friend i put Mm -hmm. it in air quotes because i don't know if daniel actually considers any of these people friends yet but like your friend is told she can't speak unless she's spoken to um, made to wear a frumpy dress death 
made to wear the most ugly you dress have thoughts that on I've this ever dress. seen. Oh, we will get to that dress. I know. We're almost made we're almost to wear 20 this minutes horrible, and... ugly dress. He's like, oh, anthropologists often do it. And it's like, female anthropologists don't usually go to countries where they could get beheaded for saying words. Because they're scientists. And oh, they yeah. No, and I words. would also like to point out, too, that Sam has a real problem putting on this veil and and what is, I guess, classifiable as kind of a burqa, even though it has a, a dipping cleavage line, which makes mm-hmm. no sense. She's a she's in the Air Force in the mid 90s and she's a, a major. She never served at a base in like Yemen or Saudi Arabia or you know, any of these other places that are more restrictive towards women that military personnel have to actively put on cultural garb to go outside the base because they have to abide by the laws of the place, Mm -hmm. uh, which was like a huge issue, I think, in the early 2000s around this time. But like, also, wouldn't she maybe be like, yeah, but I also joined a space alien force, so like, like, I didn't have to do that anymore? She probably, yeah, but like, the point (laughs) is, she would have had to, the way she acts is like this is such a new thing to her that she has no concept of and she's like what kind of society would ever make women wear this and it's like like you, lots of them you, you didn't definitely been serve there. on like an air force base anywhere in the middle east because like it seems like you would have oh and also jack also sucks Oh no, yeah, Jack. Because he goes, anthropologists everybody. often wear these things, and she's like, "I'm not an anthropologist," which was Jack the exact thing Daniel. that was in my head. No, Jack also oh, sucks. Yeah, because then Jack goes, "Well, you are today," and it's like, "No, man, she's an Air she's Force in major. Danger. Yeah. She's actively in danger. They said they were gonna kill her. We get like a five it's minute time to go. We get like a five minute scene of just real cringe of them. And just, these are the nice ones. Yeah, these are the nice group of people. And they were going to kill her for not having her face covered. And these are the people we're sympathizing with. Yeah. This is like, it's time to leave, Jack. And then he even makes a crack later. Oh, we're going to have to come back with an all-male group. Yuck, yuck. And it's like... Or you just don't come maybe back. That's why that, maybe that's why that lady at the end isn't smiling when she takes off her veil because she's just like, my sister was killed two weeks ago for this. You could have showed uh, up sooner. Yeah, like literally. Oh, great. I'm glad that the white oh, yeah. people that, showed up and that, fixed it. That, we'll get to the white savior. Oh, no, yeah, I the white savior. Yeah. I have a lot of notes about white savior. Yeah, but I want to talk about this dress. <laughs> yes, the frumpy dress. I want to talk about this dress and this scene because they they have it off screen. And she says, show me an anthropologist who wears this and I'll eat this headdress. And then it cuts to her and she's in the most ugly dress. I don't know what rack they got this out of, like a like a backlock costuming. It must what be from the 1950s. What are those shoulder pads? What are those shoulder pads? Was it like pads? leftover from the production of Ishtar? Like- I don't know, but you couldn't take the shoulder pads out. Like she's got these huge, they're just- They look like 1980s wedding shoulder pads. Massive. And then there's like a dipping cleavage line, but they haven't put a proper bra on. So you don't actually see much cleavage. It's just a dip to have a dip. (laughs) And then she's and then this headdress that like is all sparkly and like harem like I'm doing air quotes. You can't see them. Yeah, doing the air quotes around harem. Harem like. And she's got like the jewels and it's all blue 
And it's like, no one else is wearing anything even near this. Like, literally, none of these other people are wearing all these jewels and shit. It's just because she's there, I guess. Like, she gets the jewels and stuff. And her three male co-workers, including her superior officer, the colonel of this squad, yeah. are standing there with their mouths open. Like it's the hottest thing they've ever seen. And they have the exact same expressions on their it's face. It's supposed to be like... That the teenage boy does. Is it supposed to be like a she's all that coming down the stairs moment where it's like, it's I never knew not. you could have looked that beautiful. Cut to her in the ugliest fucking dress <laughs> ever. Oh my God, it's so bad. And then like, I'm like, you guys are her co-workers. What are you doing? Close they could have done, your they could have done a, a, a friggin' if they wanted to mix it up a little, they could have done like a like a belly dancer outfit or something, uh. like something that actually like showed some belly. But then that would remove the point of the them veil. being like Yeah, it's gotta be one or the other, right? It's gotta be a full burqa. It's gotta be a full burqa or like something uh. that completely covers her head to toe. Or it's got to be like a really skimpy outfit because they overly sexualize the women. And can I also point out that these three men have seen her in her dress blues, which are infinitely more attractive than what she's wearing right mm -hmm. now. And they're all like, oh, so hot. But like, yeah. she wears her dress blues around you often. Yeah. She... Have you seen that outfit? It's so hot. Yeah, these people are all still living in tents, too. And what just, are you doing? It all looks like it was set up yesterday because it was. And then she's racist because she's just like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, no. I have to stay here in this yurt. Just completely looking down on every aspect of their culture, which, to be fair, the episode does set up every aspect of their culture being really shitty. Yes. But, like, that's kind of, like, the point. They're like, oh, look at this horrible, shitty culture. Oh, my Aren't God. Aren't they bad? I, I can't even allegories right, talk about some racism now. I need to calm yeah, down. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I need to stop. The, the well, first, like moving on to, in the plot a little bit. Uh, Sam is oh, like, I, I forgot to mention just one more thing. Fucking her boss then sexually harasses her. No. Yeah. That's what that scene was. Yeah. Yes. Because she's in the dress. Right. And after they're done ogling, he's like, oh, you know, lots of ancient cultures wore stuff like this. And then Jack goes, oh, it works for me. Because she's just like, what do people even see in this outfit? And he yeah. goes, it works for me. It's like, and good to know you got a boner, Samantha, Jack. Yeah, yeah. And then he calls her Samantha after like. Don't you, worry. You sexual. Carter. Sexual harassment is not an issue within the ranks of the U.S. military. So oh, don't worry about it. Oh, it's so uh, bad. Yeah. So basically. Uh, she's like, well, like, let's get out of here. We're going to get out of here in the morning for some dumb reason. Cause fucking no, they're going to get out of here in the morning because he shows them that. Oh, the that medicine. Medicine. Yeah. There's like a medicine that might make a good anesthetic. It's like, like one thing they have that, yeah, scene to that justify them staying. That's an an anesthetic and, and yeah, like and, an antiseptic. Sorry. And he's, uh, and he's works. like, well, let's stick around for a little bit, but then we're going to send back an all male SG team. And she's like, okay. And then that night Q Sam getting kidnapped by what is ostensibly a 16 year old boy with no attempt to fight him off. No None. attempt to get out of what looks like the loosest tied rope no. restraints ever. Uh, and Literally, like, he grabs her gun and stops her from grabbing her gun, and then he puts a knife to her throat, and then 
She just goes. She can't disarm someone with a knife. She just goes. She can't like, disarm not... this 17-year-old kid. Well, certainly kid. we won't get any sort of example of her later in this episode disarming anybody with a knife. No, uh, of course not. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, we, we will go to a place where women are not treated so nicely. It's but a day's ride. He's not... <laughs> That's an in-joke. I'm sorry. I'm sure everybody will get that at some point, but for now, roll with it. Uh, it. Needless to say, it's like it's like a bit of a ride. It's more than ample enough opportunity for her to just like go, okay, and then jump off the horse and run and away run into away. the woods. She like, yeah, but no, she doesn't. Away. But we do get the next scene, which is the introduction of the ever-amazing Carrie Tagawa, who is... So wonderful, both in this episode and just in general. Uh, yeah. yeah. But he is the evil Mongol leader. He's our villain for the episode. Yeah. He is every bad trait. He's like, uh, uh, he gives the Conan speech at one point because like he, he, the kid shows up and says like, uh, of course, I want to sell this woman to you. So again, yay, more women being treated as chattel by these this racist, savage foreign horde. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and... But, so racist. But there's some Romeo and Juliet here because it turns out that the kid actually has good intentions. He wants to marry and free. Sorry, please pause. No, don't don't say good intentions. He kidnaps her to trade her for another woman. Yeah. That's not good intentions. Well, it's, it's framed it's in the cool episode. Motive, it's it's framed in the episode that like he, he gets completely absolved of this kidnapping because he it's, does. Yeah. Cause it's framed in the episode that he only did it to free the daughter of Carrie Tagawa's character who is, you know, the the very white-looking princess of the yes, Mongol warrior. Yes, I did warrior. notice that, because uh, he makes a big deal out of the out only of two sexualized women. skin. Yeah, the only two uh, sexualized, or really the only two female characters in this female-centric episode, uh, both, well, I don't want to say cast white, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I mean, yeah. And well, that goes to the other thing, too, which is something that comes up a lot throughout this episode, which is in my racism notes, because it qualifies as racism. Yay, me. I qualified <laughs> something as racism. Yay. Um, is the fact that they put overt value on Sam. Yes. And they're like, oh, she, you know, I will give you hordes of horses or you know, you tons of you weapons. Want. Anything you, you want. anything you want. Yeah, yeah. It's because she's a white lady, and white lady inherently says, have more value. He literally says she, her skin is very fair, and she has eyes the color of, of river stones. Yes. And, like, so white. Yeah. Well, you're, t- you're describing so, white so phenomes. So this, this entirely <laughs> Asian culture that is uh, really probably never even seen white people before. Maybe there's, like, some, but, like, they're probably super rare. Uh Instantly places more value on a white person because they inherently know that a white person has more value. And that that (laughs) is something that I think gets to the core of this episode, which is something that I think uh, is this is kind of a perfect example of something that is inherently white supremacist because everything in this episode is geared towards showing that the white people are superior to the Asian Mongol horde characters that they've cast. Yes. Now they could have 
they could have done this episode and they could have cast these people as like a colorblind thing or just a bunch of different people. It kind of would have made more sense in context because the backstory of why these people are here, as explained in the episode, is that they were brought here by the old gods, a.k.a. the Gould, about 2000 years ago. Which, like, the Gould took people from wherever. Yeah, to enslave and bring them. This this planet was probably a mine or something that they were just mining on. And they So if anything, this should be Egyptian. Yeah, so does, well, no, if they were taking it from all over the planet, does this mean that, like, the the Gould stole, like, a bunch of people from Genghis Khan's horde and were like, okay, we got to keep all these people together and yes, put these people apparently. on the planet? Because even though we're this ancient alien race that exists as slugs that can inhabit any body, we still put quite a bit of priority on racial homogeny. Yeah, we want to make sure that we have color options in our house, yeah, I guess. Either, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like wearing a yeah, suit, right? It would make it's more like sense if they had just ca- if it would make more sense if they had just kind of racially blind casted this episode. It still wouldn't have been good because it still would have been very it still heavily been sexist. Very bad. But like if yeah, yeah if they had a lot of stuck notes. to the But again, that feels like they're just like, oh, we want to explore this culture, this Mongol culture. Oh, it's bad. But like, and we're not a time travel out. show. That the evil village, do you know how you can tell that the evil village is evil? Mm, when they ride okay. into it. So it's exactly the same as the other village. It's bas- It's a basic redress. They move some except, tents around. Except they wear dark clothes instead <laughs> of colorful clothes. And they don't smile. And there's dramatic music when they ride in. And that's how you know that this is the evil village, right? It's just they wear dark clothes. Yeah, there's they long don't shots smile. of unhappy people staring at you. Yes, and that's that's how you know this is the evil village of evil people, and that's the difference. That's it. Yeah, they treat it. They treat her arrival like she's walking into a werewolf bar, which a werewolf yes. bar is. Uh, uh, defined as like the bar from American Werewolf in London, where you just walk in and you instantly know you're completely out of place, and every patron stops and just stares at you mm-hmm. as you quietly walk up to the bar. Like um the the end of the Cornetto trilogy, which one is that? The at World's End. Yeah, at World's End. Yeah. When they walk into the bar and for a second everyone goes really quiet, and then they just keep going. Yeah, or like any Western ever. Yeah. <laughs> And and it's just, it's really bad. Like, it's yeah. really obvious because, like, oh, colorful and bright. That means they're the good village. We like these people. But black, oh, no, this is the bad village. Yeah. And that was pretty oof. Um, also, I just want to reiterate, this kid sucks. Yeah. This kid sucks. The guy's like, I'll give you anything you want. And he's like, I want your daughter. I'm going to trade this woman for another woman. And then he's like, no, she's marrying a desert priest or a desert chieftain. And she's marrying him in three days. And I'll give you 300 gold and that's it. And like, he just takes it and leaves. No, buddy, you came here for a reason. If you're going to trade another human being for this person that you love, you fucking do it. You don't just take the gold and leave. Like, I am the son of a chieftain. I'm going to be chieftain. It's not going to be that long. My dad's an old cripple. Like, you could literally just be like, I'm going to be chieftain. Give me her. That's what I want. And if you don't give her to me, I will come back here with my entire group of people and I will kill 
you and take back Yeah, I love how they leave the guy alive at the end of the episode and he's like, by law, there can be no war between us. It's like as if you won't find an excuse. Yeah, you'll find a reason. Or just, he'll be just like, fuck it one day. I am the law. Like, like, I just... Who's uh, here to enforce law? Like, we haven't seen any other tribes or any sort of structured government or... Don't worry, the the Stargate teams will be there taking all of their Mm. medicinal uh, properties like real colonizers do. So (laughs) they'll be a government. They'll make sure of it. The Stargate team will, knowing the American government, they'll show up and just give Carrie Tagawa's character guns. Well, they did. He literally gave him a gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does do that later he in the episode. He does do but... that. He gives yeah. him a gun because they're, they, they're still I'm gonna, I'm going to start. Uh, I need to. I'm going to actually start a Word document or like a Google Doc to keep track. But I'm pretty confident that by the time we're done, this will be firmly in the top five worst episodes. This is a bad episode. Yeah. I didn't like this episode. It's often cited all. by many people as one of the worst episodes, but uh, I'm just yeah. taking a deep breath. Hold on. So also he slaps Carter. Yes. Um he just backhands her. Yeah, it's again, great. being the being the um, savage the savage white yep. woman beater. Yep. Um because she talks back to him about something. Which she's bad at staying alive. Stop antagonizing the guy who could kill you for no reason. Yeah, but then also at the same time she just backs down all the time on her antagonism like pick one right like either be super pissed off that you're in this situation and like and fight tooth and nail fighting tooth and nail or be the submissive subservient one like play play pick the sansa lane. stark right play the sansa stark yeah, where pick you're a like lane, yeah because the way you're going you're just pissing me off because you're not committing to one strategy of survival sam major major samantha carter uh, united states air force uh, then does the absolute worst attempt to hide a knife I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so obvious. Because she takes this knife, which is like a big curved kind of like steak knife or like something for carving. And she kind of takes her bodice and she opens up like her side petticoat, to like her bodice kind of thing. But for some reason, she jams the handle up in her bodice with mm-hmm. the blade just hanging out. Mm-hmm. on her abdomen yep, and then the she closes she her petticoat over it which means like if she's in a fight and she has to reach in to grab that knife she's grabbing the blade first to pull it out which girl you're just gonna rip your hand open and then she never even uses that that's knife. the other yeah that's my next point is she then escapes she never uses she the puts knife. her veil on to get on a horse yes which i was like why are you putting the veil back on like what is this yeah doing? and then she immediately rides out for about five seconds is caught by two men who she looks like she could eat like two scrawny looking guys she looks like she could beat up these aren't jason momoa types these are like they look like they've missed a few meals and yeah and then and, fuck, just brought back. and then she never uses the knife like come on man i have i have two things i have two additional things that you missed that i caught mm. so one while she's cutting her vegetables they make sure to have like a hanging on her cleavage shot <clears throat> like yeah. down her shirt. That's the basically. sexism part. Yeah, that's that. I took a sexism note. I'm sorry. I <laughs> no. tried it on your on your. No, shirt. I'm racism. You're sexism. Oh yeah, that's right. That's you how are. we're playing. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I got so, so confused. That clip's gonna get taken out of context. <laughs> yeah, that is. It's going to be, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're not. But it's it's you know this is a whole yeah. episode of us just bitching about it. Yeah. Um. So there was that. And then also the entire scene where he was all up in her face and being like, you will only speak when spoken to. I am going to do stuff I'm the man. I'm yeah. a bad person. Carrie Tagawa just like, inside going, just think of that. Think of the payments on your car. Just, just think of the paycheck. payments on. It's going to be a good paycheck. You got that down payment on the cottage, man. It's going to be great. Like You're going to love that cottage. It's going to be amazing. You can go fishing, hang out. Yeah. It'll be great. Um, the entire time he was doing that, all I could think to myself was headbutt him and run away. 
Yeah. Like break his nose and run away. Bite like, his face. Do bite something. Bite his face. Do something. He's right up. You in have all your this self defense, like Krav Maga course. You stuff. already said you don't care for the dress. Just rip it she off. She was an Air Force pilot, right? She could do it. Like she canonically, at the end says that she took advanced level three hand to hand combat training. Whatever, Whatever that, that is. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's level three. You have I to... literally was like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I'm, I'm not even sure if that's like a million. level three. Okay. That's a thing. But yeah, so there were those two things that I noticed in that scene. And then, yeah, she gets caught immediately. They've mm. trained the horse so that if they whistle, the horse rears, which, wow, that's terrible. Like, that's a bad way of training a horse. What if a bird chirps? You're <laughs> fucked, I guess, right? Like, that's bad, but yeah. whatever. So the horse immediately kicks her off. She gets immediately recaptured, like, like instantaneously. Like, they just run over and lightly grab her shoulders, and she's like, mm, you got me. I guess you got me. Tag, I'm it. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Then, then, the men have arrived. Oh, yeah. To save the day. So, like, she she gets threatened with... Well, she doesn't get threatened with. She actually gets sexually harassed because that guy kisses her. Yeah, but, like... A kiss but the other guy, her. the other leader, uh, Mulan's dad, is just like, oh, the uh, Shang Tsung doesn't take no for an answer. And it's like, oh, great. Now we're implying rape on our female character in our the fourth episode. Our only main female castmate. In the fourth episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. We also get a spectacular failure of the Beckdale test because we have a scene between uh, Carrie Tagawa's daughter character and Sam. But their entire conversation is still just about the man. Yep, it's just about how she's in love and how she doesn't want to marry the old chieftain guy. And how about how her dad sucks. So and we about try, how her dad sucks. Get a trifecta. And how she know. wants to say no. And then Sam convinces the 16-year-old girl to go do the thing. She's like, you should go for your dreams. Because, again, a mm. little bit of white savior. I'm mm. here to save you. Like Before Sam starts a fire, though, there is a very quick shot that made me hungry for stone-baked uh, flatbread. Mm, yeah. Because there was like, it was like, ooh. That looks like some good stuff because they're baking some flatbread on those big stones. So basically the two best parts of the episode so far were the opening bit where they walked off of the out of the Stargate. And, we and were talked like, for oh, five minutes Stargate. before the plot happens. And then Or five the minutes, flatbread. a minute. Yeah, talked for 30 seconds before. Yeah, and then yeah. that and then shot the of the flatbread that and I was like. And then the shot of the flatbread. That's so far, that's, we're, that's our two good, best moments of the episode. Yeah. Sam starts a small fire. Way to go. Also, you'll notice that Tilk hasn't done much. Oh, no. Tilk, at one point, Tilk talked like 15 minutes before the episode ended. And I was like, oh, my God, Tilk has lines in Tilk this episode. Tilk said a word. I don't like horribly blame them because like the whole last two episodes were kind of about Tilk. Okay, but like, but like two lines. You could have given him more to do, man. He got a last line of the question where he's like, what is Oprah? Say. And we were like, oh, wow, he said words. What's, what's Teal's thoughts on sexism? And like, what's the Jaffa think of yeah, like female exactly. warriors and sexism? Fucking Worf would be throwing like, his opinions all over the like place. Like if he's from like a society that is just as kind of like war driven and combat driven as these Mongol characters seem to be. But his society has like kind of embraced women. Uh, or like maybe they haven't, maybe women are still treated the same. And he has to also learn why, you know, women are, should be treated equal, but like, it's just, he's just like, nope, he says two words. There. He says two sentences this entire just episode. There. Yeah. Cause we got to focus on I guess you Sam don't trying and yeah. failing to escape. Also. So like the men arrive, Sam starts a fire and gets what's her name out of there so that she can go and run off and be with 
that guy, that kid. Yeah. Um. Then the men go into the tent to literally negotiate with this guy. Bargain for the female officer who They're is being held and, captive. And that's not even a joke. I mean, literally. They're like, how much you want for her? And I'm like, what is this conversation you're having? Mm. What is this? Is this how the U.S. military works? No. No! I believe they have an exact policy of not negotiating with hostage takers and terrorists. Literally, they would walk in and they would take her back. They would seal Team 6 this operation. They'd be like, look, we're taking her back. And he'd be like, you cannot stop me. And then Jack would shoot that guy in the head and be like, like, now I'm taking my officer back. I can do this to anyone anytime. Do you want to try me? Like, And what he does instead... Is he takes his gun out and he shoots a hanging plant. And then he gives him the gun. And then he gives him the gun. And his secret weapon is that, oh, they don't know that it'll run out of bullets. First off, they'll find out eventually and they'll be mad. Secondly. Yes. Secondly, what's to say they don't figure it out how to make bullets? Like, it's. What if this gun is like the leap forward and like, like going back to Star Trek, there's like a, a couple episodes of Star Trek where like. Uh, a singular human book or like a uh, communicator from Starfleet gets left on a planet and they have to go to such wild fucking lengths to get it back because they know that this one small item from an outside culture would have such a huge impact as to turn the entire planet into Nazis or 1930s gangsters. Like, like I just, uh, Chris, we literally bargain with this asshole for our female officer and then back. Hand him a so pistol. you bought her. Good job, Jack. Which he still has at the end Sam of the episode. Back. He still has that that empty pistol, which like, you know, they could open it up. Maybe even like they don't maybe they can't figure out exactly how to make it work again, but like they could probably like figure that the metal from it can be used for really uh, new weaponry or maybe they just make something ma- similar. Like a cannon. Like, you know, the first step to guns. Yeah. A cannon. And then they win, and then he gets all of the tribe's loyalty because he has cannons now. Yeah. And then also, 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 so she, they they talk to her afterwards, and they're like, oh, he's, you know, he was taken by the madness of love, and that's why he kidnapped you. And Samantha says, and I quote, I don't blame him. What? Yeah, because she what? pities the poor, ignorant, savage in their what? backwards ways. They're not as enlightened as us white people. You I Again, this is going to be taken out of context. Please, him. please don't cut that out of context. Oh, my God, Chris, you don't blame him. What are you talking about? He kidnapped you and sold you to a guy who was going to rape you. You don't blame him. Mm. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. No. I do have a not, I do have a fun no. note where it's uh when she got kidnapped with that knife, she should take some advice from Rachel McAdams for True Detective 2 and aim for that leg artery slice. Oh my god. <laughs> like come on, there's way you know how to kill a man, Samantha. Tell me you don't because they they teach you how to in the military. Oh. Oh, and then they're halfway home. They're halfway back to the oh, village. Oh yes, the stoning. Right? They're mm. halfway back to the village. And then this shitty kid comes up because he is. He's a shitty kid. This kid sucks. And he comes up and he's like, you have to help me. And they're like, 
what? Why? And he goes, you know, I, I met with, I think her name's Naya. I met with Naya at the, at the, the, the place where we said we were going to meet. And then her father caught me and now he's going to stone her. So you're telling me you shitty little kid that you can't even run away properly. <laughs> yeah. Like it's you a big force. You couldn't even run away properly. You, you, sh- also, why are you still around? Did you just like leave her or abandon her? Oh my her? god! Yes, he did. He definitely did. He Saw her getting back. caught, and he was just like, "Ah, oh, fuck it." The guy probably couldn't kill him because he was the chieftain's son. That's probably mm. why, right? Yeah, but this we learned that they're gonna. We, we learned that they're gonna son. stone her to death, which is just the racist cherry on top of yeah, this white thanks. supremacy Sunday. Thank you. Seeing a bunch of uh, foreigners ready to stone a woman for her uh, immodesty. No, literally, because she was running away from getting married to a to like an old man. Yeah, basically, great. Yeah, yeah. I assume he's an old man. I don't know. We never see mm. him in the episode. No, he they could keep be a talking perfectly about this, nice dude. They keep talking about this like mysterious third person, right? The desert and chieftain that she's supposed to marry. Because he's like, you can't marry my daughter. The desert chieftain is going to marry my daughter so that uh, we can like form an alliance or something. Yeah, which you know is how things were done then. Yeah, but like. In 1997, <laughs> on an alien planet. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, it was 1997. It's like it's like a it's like kind of like a, a cheap romance novel fetishization. Oh no, it is. We will talk uh, about savage culture. I have yeah. words about the fetish fetishization of this. This is bad. Yeah, like this is this is bad. Mm. So. So they go back to stop the stoning. They're like, he's like, you have to help us. And they, for some reason, agree, even though like they have we, no reason we to could just they leave. should just peace out. And they're like, well, she's making nothing. This planet, sus- not really that great. There's like a, a medicine thing, but we already have pretty good medicine. So whatever. <laughs> pretty good medicine already. We don't really need this. Um, no, she's she's like, OK, we'll go back and we'll stop the stoning. She's been 16 years old. And Sam's like, we're going to go save her. And I'm like, OK, fine, Sam. You want to go save her? Okay, fine. You know what this dude's like, so I get it. So they go in, they walk up, and they're about to walk in on this stoning, and and it cuts to the stoning, and he leans into his daughter and goes, I forgive you. Stone Mm. her! And I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. Because he gets to clear his own conscience, but still get to go through with bludgeoning his... As, yeah, yeah as the stoning. You call it uh, to to paraphrase dogma. You call it stoning. I call it being bludgeoned to death with big heavy rocks and shit. Yes, that's what it is. Yes, because they're all ready with their rocks. They're oh, yeah. all standing there. Lined yeah, all up, the all the all the women in the beards. No, <laughs> get your it's beards here. Men. It's actual men who are gonna stone her, not not joke men. So. So we're about to stone her. The, the the old chieftain guy comes in, and earlier Daniel lied and said that Sam was a chieftain, which is relevant. Like I didn't touch on it because Daniel's really bad at this. That's yeah. the thing that I put in my notes. Daniel's bad at this. Oh yeah, no, he completely just fucks um, everything up. Yeah, this, he fucks this everything. He, he's just like, oh well, it's everybody. Fine this that episode is like purposefully dense about a lot of things, which yes. is really frustrating, mm-hmm. not the least of which are things like institutionalized sexism and tribal culture. Yes. Like, oh, Daniel pissed me off a lot. He's sitting here like, these are the Mongols. And it's like, no, they're not. You're supposed to know that. That's the same thinking that made fucking Native Americans and First Nations be called Indians for. Yeah, like they're not. They're not that. 
Yeah. They're not that thing you called them. Like, what are you doing? He's he's so fucking thick the whole time. And then he's just like, oh, isn't there, you know, wasn't there, you know, Mongol woman who used to fight alongside you? And then he leans over and he looks at Jack like this guy's not sitting there. And he goes, it's thought by some scholars that Mongol women were the, the basis of the Amazon myths. And it's like. This guy's sitting right next to you. He also never comments on it. This old man who can definitely hear what you're saying. And it's like, why are you doing an aside? Are Amazonians There's a guy myths? right next to you. Well, it's like the Amazonian myth, like of the cutting off of the boob and being like 10 feet tall. It's like they probably weren't 10 mm. feet tall. They I'm were finding probably out just there's badass. no Santa Claus. Well, it's <laughs> there's a lot of myth around I know. what I get what you're saying, exist. though. It's like he's talking like he's not in the room, like he's an idiot. Yes. He just oh, yeah. doesn't aside to Jack like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what are Amazons? Like, I just wanted that guy to be like, what are Amazons? And then. Oh, and no, Dave you weren't supposed like, to hear that. No, don't worry about it. You wouldn't understand. Like, it's, what are you doing? He's so bad at this. And then he's also a kidnapper apologist because he's just like, well, you know, if we find Samantha and get her back safe and sound, no harm will come to him. And I'm like, really? What if Sam's beat the shit out of him by the time you get there and killed him? Then what? <laughs> like, don't make promises you can't keep, buddy. Mm. So we get to the stoning. They interrupt the stoning. He says that, okay, well, you have to be a chieftain to challenge it. And you can challenge me to single combat. And then if you win, you get to take the lady. And so the first thing that this guy says, because the, the old man, the good tribal leader, is he has a cane and he has problems walking. And he says to this guy, I will not be, I will not fight a cripple. I will not, you like you insult my honor by claiming that I would participate in that slaughter. Right. Mm -hmm. And he says that line exactly. And then Sam's like, well, I'm a chieftain, so I can challenge you because Daniel lied and said she yeah. was a chieftain. So she goes in and she's like, I'm going to fight you. And, and they fight. And right as the fight is starting, Jack is like, so just out of curiosity, how do they figure out who the winner is? Which, like, this is a question you would have asked beforehand. Oh, yeah. And then again, this is what I was talking goes, about, being willfully dense. Yeah. And he goes, it's a fight to the death. And then Jack's like, it's a fight to the what? And he acts all, like, surprised. But, like, the guy literally said, when you walked up and challenged him with the old man, I will not participate in that slaughter. What do you think slaughter means? I know. It's, this is what I'm talking about, about being uh, the characters being written willfully dense because the writer thinks the audience is an idiot, which we, I'm will, not. we will talk about the writer of this episode because I feel like there's there's some extra oh, stuff. Yeah, we will. We're going to get them? to we're going to get to the writer because believe it or not, this episode was written by a woman. What? Yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I mean, women can suck, too. It's just that's really disappointing. Oh, yeah. no. But, but um, Sam, of course, gets into Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. With uh, with uh, evil Mongolia. I keep forgetting the ac the character's name. It's I just call him Kerry Tagawa because he's Kerry Tagawa. But yeah. she gets into Mortal Kombat with Kerry Tagawa, which... Uh, Mortal Kombat was like nine. She holds up her fist too. And yeah. This is where you get the great line yeah. where he's like, you did basic hand to hand. Well, I'm, combat I'm trying to training. think of like, and she goes advanced level three. And yeah. Like, yeah, whatever that. Oh means. yeah. And, and I do appreciate how Jack's just like, ah, you'll be fine. 
Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, this guy doesn't stand a chance against you. That is nice. Yeah, but mm-hmm. um, I think that like Carrie had done Mortal Kombat maybe two years before, and I mentioned that because his freaking chest in this both fight scene and and episode is spectacular and he is just like oh he's ripped and he looks so great he does great yeah you can really tell that like oh he's just uh. and good at fighting yeah and it's it's but this fight though it's and i hate to say this but this is like a buffy level fight in terms of you know she's gonna flip him over this way Mm. and then she's gonna hold his arm out that way and then they're gonna do a couple of spins. Well, also, like he, she's got her fists up at the opening, right? And then he takes out this big ass knife, and then she pulls out her much smaller knife, and is like, "Eh." And I'm like, I'm more scared of that. Well, because first off, it's a co- it's an actual military combat yeah. knife that she's trained to use. Yeah, like I'm more scared of that in her hands than this big ass unwieldy thing that's shaped weird because it's a prop and not a real knife. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is. That doesn't look like it would do much damage because it doesn't look like it would ever hit her because it's huge. Hmm. And guess what? It barely hits her. She gets the first strike on him and he's like, oh, no, I'm bleeding. And then all of the the, the bad villagers are like, oh, no, no, I can't believe he's bleeding because of a woman. Um, oh, we forgot to mention the hilarious fake asian language when she said oh yeah, the, yeah fire. Just, just the random blah blah blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah they're literally going like some people were probably like okay i'm gonna speak filipino in this scene some people were me like ah, oh, you know i know i know japanese, I'm but, speak they japanese. Dubbed in but then there were some terrible. people who were but then there were some people who were just like i'm just gonna scream get here it was bad it was really bad um yeah. but yeah so she fights him she wins she's got her knife up to his throat and she's just like, okay, uh, you know, promise me that Nia goes for you. And he's like, Nia goes for you, one. He goes, promise me that there'll be no war. And he's like, promise no war. And then she goes, and me. And he's just like, mm-hmm. you're pretty cool, goes, I me. guess. And she goes, you have won. He's and like, then yeah, she's, you're like, pretty... she's like, flawless yeah. victory. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> yeah, one. And then she gets up. And that's the moral of this episode is that if you are as good at doing man things as a man, man, then you are a worthwhile woman. We call that Xena feminism. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Hey, don't disparage G- Xena, okay? Xena did a lot for the time period that Xena was in. But also, you, you fucking get better, sci fi. You're supposed to be better. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yes. Like, what yeah. is this? Yeah, no, overall. And then they, they all wander happily smiling into the gate and closing yep. credits. And, and they're fine. Everything, they make a dope this is all joke. a problem. This, everything's fixed here. We, we did a feminism and saved the day. We did a feminism. Yeah. <laughs> Sexism solved. Yeah, these, oh, this woman. Oh, gosh, it's so bad. Who spends most of the episode being kidnapped and taking orders from men. Oh. And the final insult on the sexism list is the very last thing that the the nice male chieftain does. The guy who's the good guy of the story, which is he lets women take their veils off. Oh, yeah. And you get the aforementioned amazing awkward shot of all of these Asian actresses, which again, yeah, I, like I that's the moment I was like, oh, yeah, casting call Asian actresses to play yeah. concubine types. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm just here for the paycheck. I'm just here for the paycheck. I'm not even going to smile. Yeah, I'm just going to, like, yeah, none of them smile. There's one who has this hilarious half smile, but it looks so pain. She looks like the hideaway the pain guy. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yes, she yes, she looks like that meme. It's like, eh, yay! I don't have to wear my mask anymore. I'm still chattel, but at least my air, my face is a little breezier I now. I can still be traded for horses, but it's fine because now I get to smile while it happens. <laughs> oh my god, Tamara! I, this it was episode so bad. <laughs> this episode it's so bad. And this episode. What was our rating system? It was one to five gates, right? This is a negative eight gates. This yeah, this is, a, is, this is this is bad. This is like star uh, SG minus eight. Yes. This is the team that like cleans the toilets at SG command. Yes, it's bad. I don't like it. It's yeah. a bad episode. Don't watch it. That's yeah. I, I, I had a note earlier as I was watching best. it where I was like, uh, I had a note where I said, oh, we're we're planning we're planning. Oh, we're banning all those uh, blackface episodes, but we don't ban this. But then I found out that yeah, usually studios just or networks just skip over this episode. They're like, yes. yeah, this, what's the next one up? Oh, it's Emancipation. No, it's not. It's not the next <laughs> it's one not up. The next we're one gonna up. The we're gonna we're gonna step straight to the caveman, and it's fine. We're gonna cut the nudity out of the pilot. We're gonna get rid of this one. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah. This, um, uh, which speaking of, you wanted to say something about the writer of this. Oh episode. no. Yes. Yeah. Um. I had flashbacks in this episode to an old TNG episode called Code of Honor. You've seen it. It's the one yes, where it's bad. the black people kidnap Tasha Yar. It's basically yes. this episode where black people kidnap Tasha Yar and she has to fight a lady for her freedom. Um, yep. Same, same writer. What? Yeah. Catherine. What well, I have it here. Catherine Powers. No. No. Yeah, Catherine Powers. She's responsible. Apparently we have 10 more episodes that she's written in this series to look forward to. Oh no, this is Catherine's kink. Yeah. Oh no, Catherine, no. You oh, don't... I didn't even consider that. Oh, she's... Catherine, no. No. <laughs> Catherine has a kink for strong, beautiful women being kidnapped by foreigners. Foreigners. Oh, Catherine, no. I didn't consider that angle, but. Catherine. I thought she was just racist. Somebody check her Twitter feed these days, but oh, because. Oh no. When she wrote Code of Honor, I remember when Code of Honor came out, it's like everybody in, involved in Star Trek The Next Generation hated it. And a lot of people were like, the director was like, no, nah, it was written that way. And the writer was like, no, it was it was the director. And somebody was like, no, it was the casting. And then it was the set designer. It was everybody else's fault. But, but I, no, it's Catherine. It's Catherine's fault. Catherine, no. Was this maybe her attempt to like, because when that episode came out, it was very wildly reviled. Like it was at the time people oh, knew it was racist. Catherine. It wasn't just today. People at the time were like, no, that's racist. Do you think that this <laughs> no. episode was like her vague attempt to kind of like no, it's fix her that? Kink. She wants to be kidnapped by a strong brute man and then tame him with her love. Catherine, no! That stays in romance novels! Where it belongs! That's a lot of romance novel plots. Mm. But, oh my god, no! Catherine, no! No! Yeah, there's a lot to unpack about this episode uh, in terms of, like, the themes they're going for versus what they actually end up saying. Uh, it's it it's feels, not good. Don't watch it. It feels like it's coming from... From worst case scenario, very liberal perspective in terms of because it is trying to say like, you know, sexism is, is bad. bad and sexism is bad and this kind of culture is terrible and and then it completely shoots over all the racism it does. Yeah, you would accident. see you would see a lot of this kind of condensation. Like it's funny that this episode is is targeted towards the Mongols because if it was made today, one hundred and ten percent everybody would be Middle Eastern. Oh yeah. 
which Stargate already kind of leans heavily towards Middle Eastern cultures because of the Egyptian connections. And you get a lot of Middle Eastern actors and mm-hmm. throughout the series, especially yeah. with the Gould. But well, like at least if they made this today, they would straight up just be a yeah. character. If they made like this today, Charest it would be a straight up Muslim Scara. allegory. Yeah, yeah, it would be. It would be, it would be an even worse straight up Muslim allegory. It Oof. would be it would be something where I'm reminded of like the kind of condensation condensation can. The kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Patronizing. Patronizing attitude that was done towards Middle Eastern cultures in the mid 2000s, where it's like, oh, you just, we're so much more advanced and we don't, you don't, you know, mm. that kind of thing. The big argument about like military pilots on Air Force bases, which again, you think Sam would have been through, but she's so willfully dense in this episode that she has literally mm. no understanding of what institutionalized None. sexism is. None whatsoever. She's like, as, as sexism as part of some kind of power structure? Mm-hmm. How could that be? That's never existed in the U.S. military. The old man even says that he thinks the reason why the old laws are still around is because it lets men be more powerful. Well, no shit. And it's like, yeah, duh. That's why it exists in all of them. That's that's always why. Yes. Obviously. It feels like it's trying to go for like Like, a baby's first sexism is bad. Oh, it's so bad. And then like, because it's going for the baby's first sexism bad, it just completely doesn't realize how racist it is. Cause it's so focused on trying to be like, ah, women are just as valuable as men that it completely removes the fact that like the people you're, you're making do this are just a whole bunch of, randomly selected Asian people that you've stuck into this terrible group of People who answered an open casting call. And it's not fair to them. That's not fair to anybody. I shouldn't have to watch it and they shouldn't have to act it. It's so bad. It's so bad. Don't watch this episode. Negative eight Stargates. Yeah. No, don't watch it. Don't. No. Don't. No. And just listen to this episode. You'll get the gist. You don't need to watch it. It's bad. It's a waste of your yeah, time. Yeah, really the only thing, like if maybe if you're a Carrie Tagawa completionist, which if those no, exist. No, not even then, because then you'll just be sad about it. Go watch Mortal Kombat again. Go just watch, watch Mortal Kombat Go watch an again. episode of Man in the High Castle. They're roughly the same length. You're better off for it. Please don't watch this episode. Just skip it. And we split who took what notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, we broke it up, I think, successfully. I think we hit all the points I wanted to hit. Oh, mm. that stupid kid. I not a, not kid. a good introduction. I think the next episode, I think stu- uh, networks are right. The next episode is a better introduction into kind of what the weekly kind of Stargate experience would be yes. for the next couple of years. This episode, like you can see kind of the proto of it, like they're on another planet. Yeah. Yay. Yay. But like it's, everything else is just awful. The worst. And the, the worst next episode, the you could just, you could skip to, you get an understanding of like who the characters are in the next episode. Yeah. So don't, don't watch this. Yeah. That's episode. our recommendation. Mm. Don't watch it. Yeah. Unanimous on this one. Well, what a, what an episode to come back on uh, though, way. Eh? It's okay. It's, it's going to get better. It's a good way to hashtag it gets better. That's what the campaign is about. <laughs> no. Yeah. I keep Stop. saying that about television shows, but Stop. it's gonna get better. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, I think it's it, I think rough it pretty episode. quickly shoots up. I don't yes. think that there's really any like horribleness in the next 
couple of episodes maybe for the rest of the season. The season, I, I think, ends on a pretty good high note, if I remember. It's like I could be watching Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> I have to watch this instead. I could be watching Firefly, right? It's like, Firefly is barely racist at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it's okay, though, because the next episode is going to be better, and we'll get to talk about how much we love this show again. Yes. What were our two good points? I can't remember now. Um, I think it was, uh, well, I think just the general presence of Carrie Tagawa would be a good, a good point in this show's favor. This show's... This episode. He's t- yeah, this episode. He's too good for this episode. He's too good for this show, almost. like No, not almost. Yeah. At this point, yeah. he definitely is too good for this show. Yeah. Um, Later seasons. That, that one five-second establishing sh- shot of some stone-baked flatbread. I yep, enjoyed that was, t- that was good. Yep. I was like, mm, that looks that good. I like, I like fried bread. It's good. Um, and oh, uh, and the, the five seconds when the they, plot happened. yeah, when they stepped off and you were like, and Oh look, like, it's oh, an SG team a, together. They're on an, an uh, they're on another planet. It's the Victorian or uh, the, the, the Vancouver woods. I'm so happy. Oh, and the theme song, the theme song is always great. Well, hopefully we have some better stuff to look forward to. At least the next episode actually has some stuff going on. Uh, the next episode, of course, is going to be the Broca Divide. Broca Divide. We'll have to watch it. I feel like it's again. Broca, but it could be wrong. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a a space word. A space word. And space words have some leniency in how you pronounce them. Yeah, so next month we're going to have another episode out. Stargating will return with the Broca Divide, episode 105. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We've had such a great time talking about what is not a great episode to watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm always love doing a podcast with Tamara. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing podcasts with you. Yes, even when it's for... Absolute terrible, crap terrible like this. Just, like this. Just, yes. just avoid it. It's terrible. Thank you for uh, listening. Uh, don't forget to like and follow. And if you want to check out our YouTube channel, you can at uh, That's a Space Station Productions. Uh, there's a link below. Uh, we have our Dion review up. Yeah, so everybody, uh, stay safe and be who you are. Bye. Bye. Bye.